You're listening to Grown and Growing with Sonia Hamlin. What's up, y'all? Yes, I'm coming to you twice in one week because it's my anniversary. Yes, I'm celebrating one year of podcasting today. Last year on this day when I dropped my podcast, I really didn't tell anybody. You just woke up one morning and saw on social media that I dropped a podcast and you should go listen to my three episodes. And besides being literally sick to my stomach, I was so excited and so happy about what was to come. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who was going to listen, but I decided to just, you know what? I'm doing this thing. And I did it. It was so important to me that I did this with consistency, that I did it with being my authentic self, and I stayed true to what I thought I wanted this podcast to be. There are three things that I'm really, really proud of that I accomplished. The first one is just doing it. I did it. I created something and I put it out in the world. And that's a feeling that I love. And for people who do that all the time, man, I really admire you. I think you're awesome. Keep doing it. It's it's an amazing feeling. Number two, I put out a new episode every other week. And I'm proud of that because when I first thought about, you know, how often I wanted to release episodes, I thought I was going to do it every week. And then I was like, who am I kidding? I have a job. I have two kids. I have a life. I, doing it once a week just seemed overwhelming. And I didn't really know if people were going to respond to every other week. But I found a rhythm that works for me. And you guys show up every other week to listen to what I have to say. And I am so grateful for that. And just so you know, I record, edit, upload all of my podcasts by myself. I do not have any help doing that. I come up with the topics. Um, I reach out to guests by myself. Um, It is truly a one-man band. I will say I do have somebody helping me with social media, but that was a must. So the third thing I'm really proud of is I didn't quit. The urge was there. The urge was there, but I just stuck to it. It was so important for me to see this thing through. I committed to doing it for a year. I told myself, just do it for a year. That's 30 episodes, approximately. If you can get to 30 episodes, you'll be good. Now, 30 episodes doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a whole lot when you're starting from one. And I'm so excited that I made it there. The one thing I noticed when I announced that I was launching a podcast was the people in my DMs or in my text messages or, you know, emailing me who said they were so proud of me, which was awesome, but also how they wish they could have started a podcast, how they wanted to, but didn't, or how they wanted to write a book or how they wanted to start a business, but they didn't. And me doing this kind of encouraged them, which is awesome. I want to talk to those people who have something in their heart that they want to do, but haven't worked up the courage, the nerve to start. I want to talk to you specifically about 
what I learned in podcasting. The first piece of advice that I have is to just start. Just start whatever that means for you. For my husband, just start something means that he'll have an idea for a podcast on Monday and put it out on Friday. That's not me. (laughs) I'm not that type of person. I need more time. I need more planning. That's just how I operate. For me, starting a podcast means setting a date at least two to three months out in the future and then working backwards from there. Definitely giving myself a date to launch and then working backwards. You don't have to jump out there right away with a fully formed product or a service or a thing. I committed to working on the podcast at least one hour a day. That's how I started. I made a commitment to work on at least one hour a day because it was important. I was doing a thing that I didn't know how to do. And that time was important. And I knew I needed to create the stamina and the momentum so that I can get this thing done by the time I wanted to launch in January. And I felt like if I could give my job eight, nine, 10 hours, I can spend one hour to do the things that I wanted to do. It sounds like nothing. An hour a day sounds like nothing, but it adds up to a whole lot, especially when you have additional responsibilities. I wrote an outline for the podcast. I wrote down what the podcast was going to be, who it was for, how often I would release new episodes. I challenged myself to write down 20 different topics that I wanted to check off. I wrote down what success would look like and how long I would commit to doing a podcast. I am so glad that I put together this outline because throughout the year, I came back to it so many times when I was scared, when I was confused, when I was doubting myself or needed to recommit, or even when I needed to check out one of the ideas that I wrote down early on in the process and go back to. I'm so glad I did that because it just gave me something to kind of hold on to and to remember why I started. My husband actually laughed at me when I did it. He was like, you're treating this like work. But it is like work. It's something I care about. And so it was important to me to put together this document. The second thing to know is that fear will always be along for the ride. I wish I could tell you that the more you do it, the more fear subsides. It doesn't. I had to execute through the fear. And if you, you know, follow my podcast, you know, the first episode that I ever released was about how I tackle fear. And it's so important and I'm still working through it. In that episode, I described fear as a frenemy because it's always around, annoying me, but it's also there to push me and to challenge me. And I know I need to go in the direction of the thing that I fear. And so that's why I describe it as a frenemy. I know it's gonna be there in some way, shape, or form. And it may not always look like fear. It may look like something else. It may show up as procrastination. It may show up in being overly critical. It may show up in me over-preparing for something. It may not always look like fear. Imposter syndrome is real. I still ask myself, who am I to start a podcast? 
who is listening? You don't even have a huge following on social media. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't have a journalism background. All of those things come up. Every time I release a new episode, I am super nervous about it. I'm scared about it. Even the ones that I'm really proud of. The Monday night before I release a new podcast, I am second guessing everything about that episode. I didn't ask the right questions. People already know this. Did I stutter too much? I don't know. I start breaking it down in my head. But the bottom line is, I press the button to release it regardless of how I'm feeling. I never let fear get the best of me. Number three, honor yourself by being consistent. I talk about consistency a lot because I realized before starting this podcast that doing a podcast is a long game. It could take years for something to be quote unquote successful by mainstream standards. It's a long game. You have to put in a lot of time. And I knew that I was going to have to be consistent. I have a whole podcast on consistency, so I won't spend a lot of time here on this point. But the thing that is probably most underrated about success is the consistency that it takes to get there. And it's usually not the person who is the most talented that wins. It is the person who is the most consistent. Number four, perfection is the enemy of progress. There will always be something to improve. There's so many things that I wanted to do and accomplish with this podcast, but for some reason, I didn't get a chance to do it. I could give you a list of 10 things that I wish I had done. And I could beat myself up and I have beat myself up for it. But you know what? Life happens. Mistakes happen. A lot of mistakes happen. I just recorded a podcast without plugging in my microphone. See what I mean? There's always something to improve. Something's always going to happen. But I've learned, actually, I learned this before doing a podcast, that sometimes 75% is better than not done at all. It's hard to execute at 120% every single time. It's a nice goal, but it's not realistic. Give yourself the time and the space to modify as you go. You may find better ways to do something, or you may find that that thing that you were fixated on, you don't actually need. I had to recognize when to push myself to get over a hump and when I needed to give myself grace. If you understand your intention, you understand where you went wrong, extend yourself to grace and move on. There are other fish to fry. Number five, comparison is the thief of joy. Lord, how many times have you heard that? The internet, social media specifically, can be your best friend or your worst enemy. I use the internet to learn how to put together a podcast. I had no idea. It taught me how to set up a podcast, what microphones to buy, what speakers to buy, what site to use to host it, what video equipment I needed. It taught me how to edit. Everything I I do on this podcast, I learned on the internet. You have to start where you are most comfortable and your skill set will improve with time. You have to work up to the level of your skill And you have to work up to the level of your time, work up to the level of your budget. All three of those things have to come together until you are 
able or maybe you are able to hire someone to help you. I didn't have that luxury. So I had to have a lot of grace. I had to learn a lot. As you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love them. And there are little tips and tricks that you can pick up by listening to different podcasts. I can't lie. There are some times where I'm just like, oh, I really wish I can do what X is doing. For example, one of my favorite podcasts is Jamel Hill is Unbothered. I love that podcast for so many reasons. She is a superb interviewer. The way she gets her guests to open up, the questions she asks are always so spot on. Her production is awesome. Her segments are great. Her interviews are great. Her guests are amazing. And I often am like, oh my gosh, how can I interview like Jamel Hill? I can't compare her podcast to my podcast. She literally has 10 people helping her on her podcast, just on her podcast. I have one. I'm a one-man band. It's not fair to me to compare my grown and growing podcast to her podcast that is a well-oiled, polished machine with a team of 10. Now, our content, I feel like my content's good too. But, you know, I think that I have to make sure I'm not comparing myself to her. You know, it's not a fair comparison. And even on social media, I follow a lot of people whose social media presence and pages I really admire. Social media is where I struggle. The struggle is real. I do not like being on social media. I actually don't like being on camera. And there are social media pages that I really like. And I'll find myself wishing, hoping, wanting to be like them. Or I'll get down on myself because I see what somebody else is doing on social media. I have a very easy thing that I do when I realize I'm doing that to myself, when I'm comparing myself to these other people. I log off. And sometimes I've even unfollowed people, people that I like, because to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it me beating myself up, comparing myself to a person who I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. So admire podcasts, admire social media people, you know, when it's boosting you, but also learn when to take a step back. Number six, find your tribe of supporters. My family and friends are the best. My husband has been so great about encouraging me. He's been so great about taking the kids when I needed to be quiet. I've learned that I need to kick them out of the house when I need to record a podcast because they have no qualms about busting into the room and start talking to me, even though they know I'm interviewing. I really appreciate the support that I get from my family and friends. It's so helpful. And sometimes it's not so helpful. Sometimes the advice that they give or the critiques that they give, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I appreciate them all because I know that they're listening and I know that they want the best for me. The way I treat all critiques, no matter where they come from in life, is to listen, take what is relevant to me, and leave what's not. At times, when I was doubting myself the most, God always sent a friend, a family member, or a stranger with the most uplifting message. They came at the most unexpected times, but at the times where I needed them most. 
So I am so grateful for every person who has ever listened to this podcast. Thank you to all of my guests. And thank you for everybody who has left a review, left a comment, liked my page, anything. I am so grateful for it. I can't even tell you. The last thing I want to leave you with is the key to success is for me to be me. I am the magic. I am the thing that makes this podcast tick. I only want to be successful if I'm being my authentic self, exactly who I am, flaws and all. I always want my authenticity to shine through with whatever I do. It is so important that you be you and people see you for who you are. I want to thank you all for rocking with me over the last year. Like I said, I'm so grateful for every listen, every comment, and every review. Thank you all for rocking with me over the last year. I am so grateful, as I said, for every listen, every comment, and every review. Please leave more reviews. I appreciate it. I don't know if this podcast is the beginning of something, if it's the thing itself, or if it will lead me to the next thing. I have no idea. What I do know for sure, as my mentor in my head, Oprah, likes to say, I won't find out if I don't follow this path, if I don't see it through. So join me as I embark on year two of the Grown and Growing podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.